0: Welcome to the Vigano Diaries, where we have conversations and experiences to help make this world a better place. Today we have with us a future captain, no, I'm not talking about the Indian cricket team, he's a first officer with one of the leading airlines in the Middle East, he's an ex-sailor, and most importantly, he's a very good friend of mine. I have him here for a conversation with me today because we've had very similar upbringings, we've obviously gone onto different paths, but we're kind of converging when it comes to our lifestyle choices. I have with me Kirsten Miranda, who has grown up in a middle-class Catholic family, just like me. He's been an ardent animal lover all his life. I've known him being a meat-eater growing up, so I was really surprised when I recently found out that he had turned vegetarian. I wasn't sure what it was for, but I kind of figured that he had probably made the connection between the fact that he loved animals so much and that he still ate them. He posted so many videos on Facebook and Instagram about animal cruelty, and I figured I just had to get him on this podcast. So Kirsten, why don't you give us a brief introduction about yourself? What is it that you do? Why the sudden change in lifestyle? What is it that you've seen? What is it that you understand better now? What are your beliefs like? Go ahead.
1: Clive and I have uh, been to school together since, I think, the junior KG. It was, uh, it's was it been a long time. Uh, we recently caught up in uh, Abu Dhabi and we started talking. That's when he told me he had gone vegan. You know, as a mediator for most of my life, I didn't really uh, consider it because it's something you're brought up with. It's your cultural background, it's your family, and that plays a really important role on what's put on the table since you're growing up. Now, um, A lifestyle modification is not something that happens overnight. It is uh, something that uh, you have to do out of force of habit. When I say that I'm in aviation and it was um, a bit tricky to change my lifestyle, it definitely was. Uh, Because uh, traveling all over the world, sometimes you don't get the choices that you want and uh, coming from a place like india predominantly it was a lot of dairy products it's easy to be vegetarian in india but it's hard to be vegan coming back to veganism and what made me uh, experiment initially and then uh, eventually convert to vegetarianism and now on my way to being vegan was i initially saw all these animal videos being posted online and you know you see them and you think hey this can't be where my meat's coming from now i did a bit of research into it and it wasn't really hard to research into it it was merely a couple of clicks away where I found out that in the olden days, the way animals were harvested for their meat and all was a lot less uh, cruel compared to how they are being uh, harvested these days. In fact, these days, it's such a business that they run it in a way where um, the animals they, they don't have souls. They just they are products for them. They are something that a life that we are in charge of and it belongs to us, which really really sad to hear. In fact, um, some of the smartest minds in the world, Bill Gates, if you watch his documentary, and I know a lot of people have mixed reviews about the game changers as well Um, Coming to that, yeah, sure, I don't believe everything that's in that documentary. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of facts in there. For the f- for, for example, beef. Uh, beef is one of the single sources of, I like to say, the downfall of mankind. The way we harvest it, the way we cultivate it, it's not really um, feasible for the amount of population that we have. Now, in arguments to this, I've heard that, hey, you know what, it's the population of the human race. If there weren't so many people, then uh, we wouldn't have to have so much of meat and all. But the fact of the matter is, there are so many people. Human lives obviously come before animal lives. And... Uh, we can't really get rid of the population no matter uh, what their social stance is and there are a lot of people who say that which is really really sad in the same way what we can do is uh, reduce the amount of meat that we eat i'm not saying you can become vegan overnight that's really really hard if you've been brought up a meat eater but uh, people have this false notion that you need protein and you need protein and they, they just i don't know even bodybuilders and all they keep talking about it honestly they don't really know how much protein you need for for a sedentary lifestyle i think it's a maximum of maybe 60 grams of protein in your diet that's not really much you can get that from plants the oxes and gorillas they don't actually eat meat they eat only vegetarian food and if you go up against a gorilla pardon my French but a gorilla is gonna fuck you up in two seconds coming back to the topic about beef People say that you know what? Yeah, uh, we understand that uh, in order to just one cow grow one cow, it takes uh, so and so amount of land and the amount of crop that's used and the water and all. But what cows could be fed seaweed and seaweed um, is uh, sustainable. But that the fact of the matter is they are not being fed that right now. The way they are being produced right now is very very um, harming to our environment, and I don't think that uh, it's sustainable from any means. I know I've been going on a long rant right now, but to start out, um, the key to turning vegan is reducing the amount of meat instead of having three and four meals of meat a day try one or try with three then reduce to two and i I suggest that's how you go about it and it not only reduces the impact on our atmosphere in terms of the methane and everything that's released by the livestock it will also help you and make you healthier because i mean you can't deny that vegetables and salads and stuff like that is good for health
0: interesting i had no idea you had done such a lot of research and you clearly know the science behind it but let's take a step back into your childhood, what it was like growing up, because it'll help a lot of the listeners who've been through a similar journey to be able to connect with you better. Sure.
1: So I grew up in a in a Goan family and Goans are famous for uh, being uh, carnivorous. We eat a lot of pork and a lot of beef and everything. And um, that was almost always what was on the table. I used to joke and say the only salad that we eat on Easter is uh, rice. So um, it was it a was, um, very, very a drastic change for me. But this change came along much, much later. I grew up eating almost every kind of meat, um, except the kind you find in Southeast Asia with the weird um, insects and stuff like that. But yeah, it all started when I had a pet crow. And people actually start laughing about that. I got him in 1998. He'll be 22 years old um, this year. He was the very first pet I had. And then we uh, started doing animal welfare work. My mom started looking after stray dogs and cats and donkeys and everything on the road and um, anything we could nurse back to help and find a home, we used to do that. So eventually I started asking myself that, uh, hey, you love these animals, but you're also eating these animals. How can you love animals and eat them too? That's not really something that's possible.
0: How old were you when you made that connection for the first time, if you can recollect?
1: Um, The first time when I questioned myself was probably uh, maybe when I was 24 actually, it was really late because um, the meat that's put in front of you, you don't really know where it's coming from. You don't see where it's coming from. You just see meat in front of you and you eat it. But if you actually think about it, if you don't look at all those commercials on TV where you see these happy chickens and happy cows that are giving you their milk and their meat, they are not really happy.
0: No animal wants to die. I see some similarities here between you and me in the sense that both of us changed our lifestyles once we made the connection between the food we eat and the animals that we love. You mentioned about your family being hardcore animal lovers and that you've taken care of so many animals in your life, but you would still eat meat, but not all kinds of animals. So if you were fed a dog or a cat, how would you feel about it?
1: Uh, That's a very good point we tend to draw a line and play god and say oh you can eat these animals and you can't eat those animals and i got to a point where one day i read about the the yulin uh, dog meat festival and that really upset me that people were eating dogs because human beings believe that dogs primarily help advance mankind and their pets and their man's best friend and you can't eat them and then i asked myself something growing up in a hindu family i'm um, uh, born a catholic but hindus worship cows catholics and muslims and everyone else in india except for the hindus they eat cows so that was entirely disrespecting what they were doing and on one end i thought that uh, you know what these guys are disrespecting dogs by eating them but then i realized in saying that i was really hypocritical because on one end i'm eating an animal that uh, the hindus found sacred and on the other end i was i had a problem with people eating an animal that i loved so i i realized you can't play god that way
0: I'm not really a big fan of labels such as vegans or meat eaters or vegetarians because I think all of us have either been vegetarian or meat eaters at one point in time. No one is really born vegan. Actually let me correct myself there, everyone is born vegan until the time you are feeding from your mother and after a certain age, thanks to the indoctrination by the society, our families, we end up consuming dairy and animal products and it just becomes a norm. So I think this kind of labeling is also important just for ourselves to understand how we can change our own lifestyles, you know, so you know that, okay, I need to consume less and less of meat products, I need to cut down on my dairy products, and ultimately, try and be as compassionate, as healthy as possible. What sort of a lifestyle are you currently following, specifically in terms of your diet?
1: Um, I'd say right now, I'd like to say I'm vegetarian and not entirely vegan. And the reason I'm saying that is uh, being in the aviation industry, sometimes dairy is unavoidable. And when I say unavoidable, it's not because I actively choose to consume it. It's because sometimes um, um, there aren't probably a lot of people who are listening to this who are from the aviation industry. But when you come in to your flight and they ask you, hey, do you want a cup of coffee or something? And you will be like, yeah, sure, I'll have one. And then you go about your work and they automatically bring you a coffee with some milk in it. And you're like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm vegan, I can't have this and all. But then they're going to throw that out and they're going to make you another one. So what I realized was now I actively try to make a decision that, hey, you know what, uh, can you please just give me black coffee or something like that? But there are times where they bring me white coffee because they've made a mistake or they've not heard it and I do consume it, which is why I don't falsely advertise myself as vegan, but I call myself vegetarian. Also, I don't um, I haven't been reading labels of packets and stuff like that. So something if I actively know is vegetarian, for example potato chips. Uh, Yeah, I will consume that. But then at the back of the packet, maybe it it had something that has an animal product in it. Yeah, I probably missed that and I've consumed it. And um, that's why I I mean, I've been not been staying away from dairy as much as I'd like to, which is why I I say that I'm
0: vegetarian moving towards vegan. One important point that you mentioned here was about reading labels. Of course, it's understandable that given that our supermarkets have 1000s of products these days of different brands, and so many other varieties, it can be a bit challenging to sit and check every single ingredient but we need to understand that it's just a one-time exercise you do it once you do it for the first time and then you know for the next time whether this product is vegan or not Uh, the labels in india still don't mention them as vegan they'll probably call it vegetarian which means it could still have dairy products at the same time if you can just do that one-time exercise then you know going forward it's a lot smoother right so obviously it's the first step that's always difficult as you said it took you 24 years to take the first step of even acknowledging that other animals were the same as the pets that you have at home.
1: Also, the the thing is that um, uh, acknowledgement is the most important thing because I know a lot of um, people who like to consume meat and animal products, they absolutely refuse to believe in the cruelty that is being bestowed upon animals by the human race. And um, not only uh, they, they refuse to agree with some of them, say that, hey, you know what, these animals are bred to be killed. So that's the only way that their conscience would let them eat meat. Now, um, whilst I understand where they're coming from because I was exactly in their shoes and I'm honestly not trying to um, shove... My- opinion down anyone's throat the problem is most of the people who consume meat they try to shove their opinion down your throat which is when you say you're vegan it doesn't really sit well in social circles I've noticed that with some of my friends Um, that's a little off topic though Um, coming back to the part about reading the packets um, initially it's always easier to start out with just not buying meat that's not really hard you don't have to read a packet for that Uh, it's very easy to pick out the vegetables and to be vegetarian that in itself is a major step towards moving towards a cleaner and greener society and healthier uh, lifestyle.
0: Okay, so you've obviously been an animal lover all your life. You've been trying to make the right choices. You cut down on your meat. You're still trying to cut down on your dairy. But what exactly was the trigger point that kind of made you think about your actions? Was there one trigger point or was it a series of events? What exactly was it? Because different people have different experiences. Some people just see one video and decide, okay, this is it. I'm done with meat and dairy I'm no longer supporting them I'm no longer funding those industries with a lot of other people they of course realize these cruelties they do their own research they spend some more time they need support they need, They gradually phase out products from their diets and then move towards a healthier sustainable compassionate lifestyle
1: mainly what Uh, Kept me eating meat even after I realized was the taste because that's one of the things that people keep going at. Um, And my heart sort of governs my uh, decisions. Um, I'm sad to say, but I wear it on my sleeve. But anyway, so the thing is, I put myself through a lot of um, research watching these animal videos. I saw calves being shot in their head. I saw uh, little chicks being uh, grinded alive uh, because they weren't of any use anymore. I saw hens with a life expectancy of maybe uh, one month before they were slaughtered after they were injected with hormones to give out eggs. I saw how um, cows were being slaughtered, I saw how pigs were being slaughtered, and pigs are more intelligent than dogs. I've seen them knowing that they're headed towards their end, down very narrow um, corridors where they have no chance of escape. I have saw animals being bred for one purpose, and it wasn't that they were just um, going to meet their death at the end. The very short lives that they had, they were treated in the most cruel way I've ever seen any being on this planet being treated.
0: I've obviously known you always as a crazy person who has cats and dogs and of course the crow that we spoke about in your house but yet it took you so long to find that circle of compassion. 24 years is quite long and I'm just wondering why it would have taken you so long given that you were always surrounded by these animals and the only thing you had to do was look at those animals and figure out that you had to fix something in your lifestyle
1: actually I think it was ignorance I was just ignorant the whole time or maybe I chose to um, ignore everything that was happening these facts weren't really presented in a very open way because um, it's not what the big meat companies and the dairy companies want you to see it's something you have to open your eyes and actually actively look for and I mean who wants to look at an animal being slaughtered not anyone does because that's going to put them off their next meal so um, I still remember the story when I was 13 or 12 years old or something I was taken to a chicken shop and I saw him chop off the chicken's head front of me i never ate chicken for a full month and my parents convinced me that not all chickens are killed that way and i was just young and naive i was really stupid but as soon as i kept um, digging deeper and deeper i realized um, how things were actually happening and it wasn't I mean, a, a minute's pleasure in my mouth wasn't really worth the suffering that it was causing and an impact on a larger scale. Uh, one of the reasons I turned... Veg- well, actually, the only reason I primarily turned vegetarian was to prevent animal cruelty. Uh, but it made a big difference in my health. Uh, being a pilot, I, had, I have a medical every year. My blood's tested, my height, my weight, everything. Um, I turned um, vegetarian in January 2019. And uh, I did my first medical after turning vegetarian in June. Uh, the doctor told me it's the best blood report he had seen in his life with the lowest cholesterol that he had ever seen. And mind you, I'm not the healthiest person in terms, I don't go to the gym every day, I do smoke shisha, I do drink alcohol. So it's I did nothing out of the ordinary to improve my health after turning vegetarian. It was just the fact that I gave up meat that showed results. So it was an additional benefit and a bonus after turning vegetarian just to prevent animal cruelty and tell myself and my conscience that I wasn't causing the suffering to those animals.
0: That's really good to hear because, you know, a lot of people worry about what will happen once they quit meat. Will they get enough protein? Will they be healthy? Will they fall sick? There are so many questions and uncertainties around it. On a different note, by the way, what was your favorite meat product? Pork. Do you still miss it? Of course I do. But do you think it's worth killing an animal for it? No,
1: definitely not. And do you
0: think you would be open to trying out vegan versions of your favorite pork products? 787%. Speaking about meat, there obviously is a phenomenal rise in the variety of plant based meats, vegan meats that are available, which are also known as mock meats. So you get these vegan chicken, vegan fish, vegan beef. Of course, if you're a vegetarian and you don't like the smell of meat, you don't need to eat those. But for those who crave the taste and the feeling and the texture of meat, it's definitely a good option. If you're at an international destination and if there's one out of 10, dishes which is vegan don't you think that's good enough to continue the momentum on this journey of yours
1: definitely it can be good enough i think the thing is we are mainly pressurized by one our families whatever we've been served on our table from day one to society people look down on vegans and they laugh at them and they say you know they're pussies and they have no muscle mass and all Three is taste. Uh, we always want what we like and what we were always brought up with. Four, we don't look at the the overall benefits. I mean, I know people who, during Lent, they go vegetarian for one full month and they act like they're suffering, like as though, oh my goodness, it's been one month of being vegetarian bring on the meat on Easter and stuff like that. But to tell you the truth, what have you actually lost apart from flavour? And most of your flavour comes from the masalas and the vegetables in that. I really don't think meat on its own tastes that great. I mean, you can't really eat a piece of raw steak or a piece of raw chicken and be like oh this is delicious you're going to throw up especially raw fish as well
0: indeed religion is definitely a tricky subject and it's surely one of the major reasons why people continue to eat meat and dairy most of the traditions the rituals everything involves animal production one form or the other even though no religion really mandates it and a lot of people think eating meat and consuming dairy is the only option because if we stop doing that what will happen to these animals who's going to take care of them where will they live the lion's going to come and eat them the smaller animals will be crushed by cars. So what's your opinion around that? Because I'm sure both you and I would have had that belief at one point in time.
1: That's true, exactly what I said. I don't blame people for thinking that way. For me, it was primarily ignorance and... um Um, ignoring most of the stuff that was there it's sometimes not your fault actually most of the time it's not your fault with the diet that you're brought up with but the diet you choose after you can think for yourself that's entirely on you now you can't just go out there and tell someone that um, hey you know what stop eating meat for so and so so and so reason they're gonna say fuck you it's my diet and my life but um, if you tell them why or the impact that the stuff they're doing is having just planting a seed that helps now I've heard all the possible um, excuses and stories of oh you know what Uh, it's the population of the world that's why we have so many cows out there it is and there are facts and figures out there which i'm not going to give you right now because it doesn't really make any sense but i've heard almost every story out there that um animals are bred for one purpose the animals that are bred are bred to be slaughtered if they're not slaughtered the population will get out of control or we should think about controlling the human population first and as I said everything else I, I can't really argue with such people because uh, as I if, if you tell them that hey you know what this is not the way to do things nobody likes to be told what to do you have to show them and give them a list of reasons of um, why those things are bad and maybe hopefully they'll realize for themselves but if you um, still are stubborn about the mindset in the diet that you're gonna keep that's never ever gonna change all i would ask people to do would be just keep your mind open to the possibilities and most importantly do your own research don't believe something you see on facebook or instagram
0: okay so now let's jump on to how the transition from being a meat eater to a vegetarian impacted your health if you can recollect what was your weight before you went vegetarian 78 kilos and what's it like more
1: recently 73 kilos
0: Okay, so that's not really a big difference because even in my case, my weight has always fluctuated between 72 and 79 kgs. So that's a good thing, at least in my case, because that meant that even if I quit meat, my health's not really going down. In fact, I've only been feeling healthier and always been more energetic ever since I quit meat. That's just my personal experience. A common argument against not eating meat and dairy is that the moment you quit meat and dairy your health is just going to deteriorate you're not going to get your proteins all the necessary vitamins and minerals and that you're just depriving the body of what it needs in your case though, how exactly were you feeling after a couple of months or a couple of weeks after you quit meat? No, that's not true at all. I didn't have uh, any uh, difference in health whatsoever.
1: The primary thing, what the mistake that people make is they think they can just eat vegetables and get by on a diet. That's not entirely true. You need carbs. And um, when I say I came down by five kilos, the, the 78 that I was was probably from, I have a sweet tooth. So I used to eat a lot of sweet dishes and stuff like that. So the weight was probably from there. I don't, I'm not a, a guy who goes to the gym every day, as I said earlier. The 73 kilos is been a standard 73 for the past year now since I turned vegetarian. I didn't find it any difference in my energy levels or health levels or anything. In fact, if anything, I felt lighter after every meal because I was vegetarian. I think my digestive system was taking a lot to digest beef and uh, other animal products. Sure, fish and chicken is much lighter, but stuff like beef and pork, your your digestive system is not... well. I can say it was not really meant for that through evolution and then I'm going to have people come at me for that as well. But uh, it wasn't meant for me, let me say that. And you never know until you try. When um, people say that, you know what, we go on a keto diet and we only have um, uh, meat and that helps us lose weight and all the truth is that's really bad for your liver. Right now, being vegetarian, I eat all the carbs I want. I can eat bread... Chapatis, rotis and rice in the same meal and I don't have to even blink at the weighing scale I'm absolutely healthy I think I can run faster than I could I think I can lift more weight than I could and I think I overall have more stamina and alertness than I had earlier now people may say that's because of weight training or whatever but um, I mean I, I, why would I lie to myself my body's not going to lie to me it's something I've noticed
0: So different people may end up quitting meat and dairy for different reasons. Some do it for their health, some do it for the animals, some do it for ethical reasons, some do it because they know the impact on the environment. So what exactly was your reason to give up meat? Was it more of an instinctive decision or did it really involve a lot of research?
1: Um, it was entirely an impromptu emotional decision to give up meat. It was purely based on uh, animal cruelty. I did no research into the health benefits or anything whatsoever. Because in the back of my head, I told me, I told myself that uh, there are about 1.3 billion people in India, out of which I'm pretty sure that 50% must be vegetarian. So if they can do it, why can't I? I don't see any adverse differences in their health. They look exactly the same as me. So um, I, I didn't even think about the health benefits. I just quit meat for animal cruelty. As my health started improving, as my My blood work started showing better um, results. That's when I started doing a bit of research and realized things. In fact, even The Game Changers was a documentary which I saw just probably last month where
0: I saw the overall benefits of health. But um, I hadn't done any research into that prior. I don't see people getting worried about their health when they're eating from McDonald's or KFC or cheese-filled pizzas and pastas, hams and salamis, fried food. But all of a sudden, when you talk about going vegan or quitting meat or dairy then everyone becomes a nutritionist. I think
1: um, people just I, they read too deep into everything they see on TV. You have this consumerism that's posted up there of, um, hey, why don't you have a big fat steak? It's got all the protein in the world. Or uh, why don't you consume this sort of protein shake, which has got a lot of dairy and animal uh, proteins that are up there and you're going to become bigger, stronger, healthier. The fact of the matter is you're just sort of fucking up your liver. I mean, sure, your body's going to become massively big from all the protein intake. But the truth is you don't really need that much cause, because the minute you stop taking it, your body's going to be flat, your arms are going to start looking very saggy and that itself should tell you that your body did not need that amount of protein. You were just pumping it in there because you wanted your body to look good. To me, being healthy is uh, being athletic, being able to lift your own body weight and overall just being like a healthy human being. You don't have to chisel your body with tons of uh, meat and protein that you take in there and hit the gym for three and four hours. I mean, that's my opinion on health. Probably someone else's is different though.
0: And if we look at it practically, what percentage of the population really wants to get into bodybuilding? If we think of it, it'll probably be a minuscule 1% or 0.5% of the global population. So it doesn't really make sense, at least in my opinion, to take 0.5% of the population's dietary choices and apply that to 99.5% of the population who just needs to be healthy. And when we see all these bodybuilders on social media, it just ends up equating health and fitness to protein, especially animal protein.
1: Well, um, in my humble opinion, I think the main problem with society right now is we always compare ourselves to others. So if we someone see someone else doing something that, oh, he's doing this and he's doing that. And if he needs so much protein, he's consuming so much, I need to. The truth is you need to do what works for you. Every single human being is different, every single being on this planet in fact is different and just because he's pumping himself up with either steroids or natural proteins or animal proteins does not mean you need that amount. The best way to do things is to speak to any nutritionist and um, I've spoken to quite a few actually, I've spoken to three or four because in my line of work I come across a lot of doctors and they told me there's no uh, negative health benefits from turning vegetarian whatsoever and uh, the nutritionists, I know two or three of them who are nutritionists and they themselves turned vegan after that they were meat eaters prior to that one of them actually flies with me in my company and she's told me herself that you can get all possible forms of protein that you need from plants you don't need to go to animal products and you can have a healthy fit body just by consuming vegetables
0: so in the past one year what's been your normal diet on an average day say when you're not flying when you're at home what does it look like
1: Well, I'd have to say my sole food would be um, um, rice, lentils and pickle. It's my go-to food for... If I'm sick, if I'm um, hungry and I'm lazy to make something, um, I almost always consume that. Um, however, on some days, um, I, l- I love guacamole, I love hummus, I love um, um, noodles. Um, it's it, it really depends. But yeah, my, my go-to is rice and lentils. It's um, a dish that is traditionally Indian. Uh, what I was brought up with, apart from the meat, I mean, the meat was always uh, on the side. But yeah,
0: that's sort of
1: one of my favorites and it's not really hard to make. And it's just the perfect dish for me.
0: And what about when you travel when you're probably in in a third country, maybe in Southeast Asia or in Europe or in the US? How does your diet change then?
1: Um, actually, it's not that hard. I just look for vegetarian and vegan restaurants and uh, usually when I'm layover, I uh, look for vegan restaurants and I almost always find really good options. My latest favorite is vegan junk food. I love the pizzas and the burgers and the hot dogs that they make, which are vegan. They taste absolutely delicious. I can't tell the difference in the meat. Back when I'm flying in India, it's a lot harder to find vegan places, but it's not impossible. You can find vegetarian, which is vegan by excluding stuff like cottage cheese and, s- cheese and stuff like that. And I think um, it's been really easy with google is it's at your fingertips
0: yeah and if you think of it most of the vegetarian restaurants in india are inherently vegan in a lot of dishes you go to a south indian restaurant i'd say 70 to 80% of the dishes are all auto auto vegan as i call it because you know we don't really think of them as vegan but uh, there's no real dairy in a lot of their products so uh, so you may not really come across a vegan restaurant as advertised but a lot of the menu of regular indian restaurants is inherently vegan so
1: that's true. I think people have a lot of misconceived notion that, uh, hey, if you need vegan food, you got to be rich, it's really expensive and stuff like that, which really isn't true. Um, the dosas or rice pancakes that they make in South India, medu vadas, uh, vada pavs everything is absolutely vegan. There's nothing in it that is um, non-vegetarian or dairy or an, uh, animal product and they're really, really cheap. In fact, that's some of the cheapest food you will get in India. It is cheaper than any other meat you will get. It's not hard to make the transition and um, you just have to make a consci- conscious decision. I get where people are coming from and they're like hey you know i try to be vegetarian but it doesn't happen throughout january 2019 when i was trying i was ordering a pasta for example and a chicken pasta was showing up and then i told myself oh shit i can't have this chicken i i'm vegetarian now so it's a conscious decision for every meal that i made and now it's just automatically become a habit where i'm ordering the vegetarian stuff so it's one step at a time nobody does it overnight
0: yes of course that's understandable given that we've been eating meat and dairy all our lives It will take some time to get used to the new lifestyle. But most importantly, what did your family say? Because I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that people come across. Because if there's just one person in the family who's vegan or who wants to be vegan and all the others are not very supportive about it, it can get quite difficult at home. So what was really the reaction from your parents? Uh,
1: My family was in denial about it for a long time. Uh, Pork was one of my favorite dishes. Uh, Pickled pork, in fact, because I'm going. Um, They absolutely refused to put vegetables on the table because they couldn't believe that I had turned vegetarian. Then one fine day when I was leaving my house, they asked me if I wanted to pack some pickled pork and take with me because that particular day it was made. It's only made on festivals, not every day. And uh, I said No. And they were so shocked that I said no about that. They were like, okay, if he's given up pickle poke, that means he's serious about this. And that's when they finally accepted me being vegetarian.
0: And now they make a conscious effort to at least have one or two vegetarian dishes on the table for me. And what's the reaction been like from your friends and colleagues? Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people are worried about, about being mocked and ridiculed by friends and colleagues. Did you really face any challenges on that front?
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest hurdle I ever faced uh, family will accept you for whatever you are no matter what but your friends don't have to I had a lot of my friends tell me hey we can't be friends anymore I mean sure I'm sure they were joking I have a lot of girls who I've met on dates have ordered a vegetarian meal and they've been like why are you eating vegetarian I say I'm vegetarian they're like oh sorry we can't date. And it's, it's, I mean, sure, it's been jokes along the way and they don't think I'm serious about it either. And it was a lot of criticism. In fact, I was made fun of a lot. I was told that, um, hey, he eats grass or he's a rabbit and stuff like that. But I was pretty confident about um, my uh, self and my choices in life. And I my conscience was clear. I, I could sleep with a clear conscience at the end of the day telling myself that I did not kill an animal today and I did not consume any meat. And that's what mattered to me more, to tell myself that when I was sleeping... As opposed to
0: talking and trying to convince any of my friends as to why I made a personal choice. But in a population of 7 billion, do you really think you can make a big impact? Because at the end of it, you can't really change the system. You're just one person not eating meat. Of course it matters.
1: Um, this year alone, from being um, vegetarian, can I was eating 4 meals of non-veg a day. Which is easily, I'd say maybe um, 4 or 5 chickens a month. Probably a goat and maybe a, a quarter a cow if you ask me. And that spanning over my lifetime, even though it may make a small dent, it's still something. And I believe in walking the walk and not just talking the talk. If you want to make a difference, it's a small step at a time. There there was a saying a while ago that was circulating on social media, it's only one straw, said 7 billion people. So if you take reference to that, if it's just one person in... Sure, 1.3 billion people, you may not think it makes a lot, but the amount of animals that you will prevent from being bred and killed over your lifetime will be a significant amount over 30 or 50 years. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be 100 years if you're vegetarian, but yeah, I'm just joking, so
0: One of the things that people worry about is that there's too much planning required when you're following a vegan diet. According to me personally, I think you need planning for any kind of diet. Whether you're eating meat or not, whether you're vegan or not, you still need to plan it. As kids, of course, our parents planned our diet. And once we've grown up, if we start eating junk food all along, then whether you're a vegan or a meat eater, it doesn't matter. You're going to be unhealthy. You can be a vegan and you can eat french fries all day. That doesn't mean you're healthy. And because there have been few cases of celebrities kind of reverting back to meat eating after following a vegan diet just because they felt unhealthy, it gives a bad name to the whole vegan movement as well because people then start associating veganism with falling sick or being nutrition deficient. But that's not true because if you look at all the hospitals in the world, you have millions and millions of people suffering from different kinds of diseases. These are all not vegans. But then no one's really pointing at them. And in fact, you just end up picking up these odd cases and then coming to a conclusion that veganism is unhealthy. Whereas a larger chunk of the population that's actually surviving on all the antibiotics and all the medicines and the whole pharma industry that survives, it's not really on vegans. It's actually the meat eating and the general population in your case though how difficult or how easy was it to get the planning right it's not really difficult
1: i spoke to a doctor about it. i asked him do you think i'll be lacking in any vitamins or minerals or anything that is required he said absolutely not if you just have a varied diet that's more than enough uh, as i mentioned earlier you can't um, just eat fruits and say hey i'm vegan and i'm going to be fine you are going to feel weak you are going to feel hungry again really soon maybe after an hour you need carbs you need a lot of different things and if you eat a varied diet of um, anything you can get your hands on that's vegetarian i think that's more than enough if you have one thing from carbs minerals protein and everything and you'll be fine it's not hard at all actually i didn't have to really sit down and map out a diet saying hey i'm going vegetarian now i need to look at this and that and whatever i just simply ate everything that I was eating initially just without meat in it and that sort of covered everything. I didn't find any difference in energy levels or anything. I think that's probably just all in the back of the head. It could probably be a change in the climate that caused that. It could probably be that they're not sleeping enough. It could be a number of reasons or just the fact of the matter is that they were saying hey I'm not eating meat right now I'm going to feel weak and because they kept telling themselves that maybe that's that, That's why that that's what happened. So yeah but then again I'm no expert. I advise everyone to go to a doctor talk to them and this is what every doctor told me. No doctor will advocate saying that you have to eat meat. I'm 100% sure of that.
0: And a common misconception is that you know doctors are nutritionists because they're not. The average doctor probably studies only 4 hours of nutrition in their 3 or 4 years of education. Of course, it's not their fault, but that's just how their curriculum is because they have a lot of other things to worry about. So when people say that a doctor suggested meat, that's probably out of his personal experience yeah. because he's been eating meat all his life. So there's clearly a disconnect there in what people In what information people consume from doctors and without realizing that they're not really nutrition experts. I just remembered something on a different note though. I saw recently a couple of videos of you walking dogs. In terms of animals considering you've been an animal lover. So what do you think are things that people could easily do without having to spend a lot of money or a lot of time but in their own sweet little way be able to help animals?
1: Um, Some of the easiest things would be um, keeping a dollar aside a month for an animal welfare organization. Something as small as that can go a long way. If, I mean, 10 people are doing it, that may be a really small impact, which you think it is, but that animal welfare organization has money to feed animals basic rice or whatever they can buy. I I went to an animal shelter to walk the dogs. Um, Unfortunately, in my profession, I couldn't adopt any of them because I live alone and you can't leave an animal alone at home. But you can uh, donate money, you can donate food if you don't want to donate money you can leave bird seeds outside your window you can use less plastic to prevent pollution of marine life there are a number of things you can do which will help this planet help in fact you because you are part of this planet and uh, in any small way possible you could feed that stray cat outside your house and um, to you it may it's just one small meal but to that cat he could have been going hungry for days i
0: think it's just it's just about being kind that's all Great, these are definitely things that so many people can afford to do. And it's just about taking these baby steps. You just start doing it. You start helping other people. You start sharing information. And eventually, there'll be like an ocean of people doing great things for animals and for the planet. And since you mentioned you're currently vegetarian... Is that something you're clear in your mind that there's no possibility of reverting back to your meat-eating days? Or is there still some confusion or some clarity that you need or still something that you're
1: concerned about? Oh, no, I definitely don't want to kill animals anymore. I think I've made up my mind on that. Um, I have absolutely no issue if I'm sitting at the dining table across from someone who's eating a, a steak or chicken or anything. That's their personal choice. I just don't being uh, appreciate being criticized for my personal choice. So um, I'm definitely going to stay uh, vegetarian and move towards vegan for the rest of my life. One of my biggest hurdles, as I mentioned, was the milk in my coffee. However, I found a really nice soy powder substitute right now, which I can carry with me on board and um, request them to make the coffee with that instead and I think that'll work out I have uh, yet to try it out Uh, once I get back to flying again I'm definitely going to do that
0: and do you have any message for the listeners
1: People keep saying, you know, um, people are fucking up the world. Human beings are fucking up the world. The truth is our ancestors did. Up to our parents' generations, they did. We can either complain and bitch about it or we can take small steps and change it ourselves. Nobody's asking you to change overnight. Nobody's forcing you to do that for sure. Um, Make changes in any small way that you find um, appropriate for you and your lifestyle. That any way you can. And don't criticize someone else who's making bigger changes than you. Just make sure you're... Moving forward every single day and making small minor changes, whether it be using less plastic, not using leather, um, eating one less meal of meat a day. Just do something that helps benefit society because we are part of this world and um, we are fooling ourselves if we think that even one small step is not going to make a difference because it definitely is.
0: Great. So I think we've covered almost everything I needed to ask. The whole idea of getting you on this podcast was multiple reasons. One, the fact that you're transitioning. Two, that your job involves such a lot of travel. You're traveling internationally all the time and yet you're able to make a a conscious effort. So I think that's impressive. Three, your journey in terms of how you dealt with family and friend. And of course, four, going out of your way to help animals, even if it's as simple as just walking a dog that's been living at a shelter for God knows how long. And if you can implement these in your life, I'm sure so many others can do the same as well. So yeah. Any last words? No, it's been nice talking about this uh, in a neutral environment where I'm not getting
1: attacked because that's what usually happens um, when I'm surrounded by my friends. But um, uh, I appreciate that um, these were very impromptu questions and um, uh, it was nice. It was nice uh, bringing forth my uh, opinions and how I got about to get being vegetarian and the entire story. Um, Thank you. It's been a pleasure.